0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nolan Hawkeye Anthony podcast show. It's been a while. It has been a while since I've done a podcast. Uh, I was out uh, on a business trip to La La Land, a.k.a. L.A. Uh, of course, this uh, podcast is brought to you by Speed Pro Imaging. Uh, visit Speed Pro Imaging for any graphic designs uh, that you need and much more. Also, uh, visit the Iowa Trout Fishing Facebook uh, website. It's a great nonprofit organization uh, that uh, if you love fishing, uh, it's a great uh, fan club to be a part of. Let's dive in to the Hawkeyes. A lot of great stuff. A lot of great stuff going on. We got the combine right now today. On Friday, there are no hawks. Uh, that that are going to run today. It's the O-Linemen. Um, and I, I do want to talk about that a little bit. Ross, uh, we, we have Ross Piercebecker from Cedar Rapids, I believe, who just ran and uh, had a pretty good time. But quite frankly, guys, if we're being honest with each other, Keegan Render... And Parker Hesse absolutely should have got an invite, not only to the Combine, but to at least the Senior Bowl. I mean, Keegan Render and Parker Hesse have been the stalemate for each, for, for multiple seasons for the Hawkeyes. And to me, I... Right now, if you were to ask me how many Hawkeyes are going to be drafted, it's going to be four for sure, and I will get into that later. But you have guys like Matt Nelson, should have been invited to the Combine. Parker Hessey, should have been invited to the Combine. Uh, Keegan Render, should have been invited to the Combine. Now, all three of those guys... And I'll get into the other four in a second. All three of those guys absolutely have something to offer an NFL team. They are perfect picks for rounds five through seven for any good organization. What, you know with with these guys are they crazy outstanding athletes? Uh, we don't know yet. They have not pr- participated in their pro day. And we we do know this, that Coach Doyle gets his Hawkeyes ready, and they are much more athletic than people give them credit for. I, I never understand why people insist that Hawkeyes – struggle with straight-line speed, a.k.a. Josh Jackson, Desmond King, and now Amani Hooker. And then th- they go and they run at the Pro Day, and you have Riley McCarron running a 4 Just unreal. But let's get back to the other three. Are they physical specimens like a Brandon Sheriff, uh, Jaleel Johnson, uh, or uh even a Anthony Nelson and soon to be uh in the uh, going to be in the NFL draft, um AJ Epinesa or even Drew Ott. No. But they offer something that every Iowa Hawkeye offers. And I want to use Austin Blythe as an example. Or uh, not, not even just Austin Blythe, you also have uh, Cole Croston and Ike Boker. I mean, they're perfect examples. Quite frankly, both of them should have been drafted. Uh, Austin Blythe went in the seventh round. But let, let's look more closely at Austin Blythe. A seventh round pick didn't jump off the board with his numbers and was easily a top 20 guard slash center this year for the LA Rams. And Kirk Ferentz said before th- this past season where the Hawkeyes went 9 and uh, was it 9 and 5, 9 and 4? I believe it was 9 and 4. He said, watch out for Keegan Render with the departure of James Daniels, the center, going to the Chicago, Chicago Bears. Uh, and he's the real deal, guys. He offers versatility. And to me, to answer the original question that I pointed out to you guys, how many guys from Iowa will be drafted this year in the NFL draft? My answer is six. I believe all four guys who are underclassmen are going to get drafted in the first three rounds. And I believe, it's my belief, that two more guys, whether it's Keegan Render, Parker Hesse, Matt Nelson, or Ross Reynolds, will be drafted. If you're asking me who I think those two guys will be, I believe it will be Ross Reynolds and Keegan Render. Why? Because the NFL knows that the Iowa Hawkeyes absolutely teach fundamentally sound offensive linemen. And that's ultimately what matters when you get in the NFL. Because what happens is you have these physical specimens on the offensive line. But then they get to the NFL where they're playing against guys who are just as athletic and the fundamentals are 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 not there and they struggle. Whereas you got Iowa offensive linemen where the fundamentals are there and they're good. I see Parker Hesse and Matt Nelson as guys who I put Parker Hesse a little bit above Matt Nelson as somebody who could be drafted because the NFL is moving more towards specific place in other words you have Adrian Claiborne for the New England Patriots who will probably be there again next year who can get you four sacks a year but he is not known like what people expected when he was drafted to be a crazy sack machine but what he does well is he sheds blocks, he puts pressure on the defense, and he's a good run stopper. So, he's a plug-and-play guy. That's what the NFL is moving towards, plug-and-play guys. And Parker Hesse is the perfect guy at 6'3". If he adds some pounds, I think Parker Hesse could move inside as we saw with the Iowa Hawkeyes this year, and he could play outside As a good run stopper. So I see Parker Hesse as a very versatile guy. Who absolutely could be drafted. With a team who needs a run stopper. A a good guy in the locker room. That's what the Hawkeyes are. They're great players to have in the locker room. And Parker Hesse is a great leader. I can absolutely see him being drafted. I'm going to put the number at 6. Moving on. We are going to stick with the four guys who left early. Now, I said this once and I'll say it again. I believe that Anthony Nelson and Amani Hooker could have stayed and improved their draft stock. It is my opinion that Anthony Nelson, would he have stayed, being opposite A.J. Epinesa again, would have gotten less attention... Therefore, more opportunity to get to the quarterback. And with so much attention on A.J. Epinesa, teams would automatically see Anthony Nelson, therefore improving his draft stock. But, and a lot of people are saying that Anthony Nelson had pretty much maxed out. I don't agree with that. Amani Hooker, same thing. He could have had one more season to show his ability to cover as a corner and be physical in the run game at that star position. Now, I see Amani Hooker, and I'll tell you guys where I think each round they're going to go and why. Amani Hooker, I believe, will go in the second round, and here's why. And I do believe he could have gone in the first round had he stayed because, again, the NFL is moving towards more... Uh, plug-and-play guys, and I believe money Hooker is just that. Amani Hooker is Desmond King 2.0. And what do I mean by that? Desmond King plays as a all-pro, which is unfreaking believable, an all-pro dime cornerback That is also stout in the run game. He has to be. Amani Hooker is the same thing. And I guarantee you Amani Hooker is going to run a similar 40-yard dash. I believe he is about the same as far as game speed and, and actual athleticism to Desmond King. With the difference that Amani Hooker can slide over to the safety position and be just as disruptive there. That's why I think Amani Hooker is going to go in the second round, high second round, because a team is going to look at him and say, okay, we can put him at the dime. He kind of reminds me of a Shaq Thompson. He's in between Desmond King and Shaq Thompson. Uh, Shaq Thompson, by the way, who I played in basketball and was on my my AAU travel team from Sacramento, is a fantastic football player. We all knew he was going to the NFL in the eighth grade. I digress. Uh, Amani Hooker reminds me of both those guys. You can slide him over to safety. He'll be disrupted there. He weighs about 215. And also he has the hips to play the uh, dime cornerback position. Or if you want to put him as a cover Linebacker, you can do that as well. He's just so versatile that it really gives teams a, a fantastic opportunity to to utilize him in many different ways. And that's what the NFL is looking for. Anthony Nelson. Anthony Nelson, a lot of people are saying that is, his size is, going, is actually not uh, a good thing because... He cannot bend his hips as quick as somebody who is, say, 6'5". This is what I'm going to say to that. There's no difference between being 6'5 and 6'7". There really isn't. Okay, He will be fine in being able to get low and change that. He showed that in college against some of the best offensive linemen in the country and his ability to... To you cannot, I cannot stress enough the importance of being able to disrupt a quarterback in more ways than one, including batting balls down, including uh, making it difficult to have passing lanes for quarterbacks like Kyler Murray, uh, and, and even uh, the quarterback for New Orleans. We all know who he is, Drew Brees. And the ability to get to the quarterback. So Anthony Nelson can disrupt the quarterback in many different ways. However, I think Anthony Nelson slides to the third round. That leaves us with TJ Harkinson and Noah Fant. I took a lot of flack for saying Noah Fant was going to go in the second round. I don't know why. Anybody who listens to my Facebook show, Nolan, Hawkeye, Anthony, knows that I am a half, a glass half full kind of guy. I absolutely would love... You think that I wouldn't love to see two Hawkeyes go in the first round? Of course I would. But here's the problem. Only 18... Tight ends have gone in the first round since, I believe, like 2010 or or something like that. In other words, it's been rare. Now, teams are using the tight end position more and more, a.k.a. George Kittle, having so much success and being a freaking beast, okay? Now, Noah Fant. The difference between Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson are two things. One... Noah Fant can absolutely stretch the field much more than T.J. Hawkinson can. Is T.J. Hawkinson not athletic? Of course not. He's very athletic, but Noah Fant is on a different level there. But if you're going to spend a first-round pick on somebody, you want somebody who's going to be able to be versatile and do, be able to do more things than one and be able to be a four down individual. The only way that they will not that, that somebody would take you if you're not a four down guy is if you are incredibly good and you cannot pass it up as something else that you do very well. And yes, Noah Fant does do that. However, I believe that teams when they interview him, they're going to be scared of his inability to be completely invested in the Hawkeyes as well as him getting in arguments with the Iowa Hawkeye coaches. We know that that happened. uh, Just check uh, one of the Hawk Central articles. We know that there was some disagreement for Noah Fant and the coaches, and you had his brother chime in. Uh, If if you look at the NFL Network – Bucky's top five tight ends TJ Hawkins number one uh, and Jonah Williams or excuse me um, Irv Smith is number two with Noah Fant number three are you telling me if that's the case that three tight ends are going to go in the first round I just don't see it I see Noah Fant the only way he goes in the first round is if a team like the Tennessee Titans who utilize Noah Fant like the Hawkeyes did where they have a blocking tight end and they need somebody who can stretch the field, who can slide out to wide the wide receiver position at tight end and do damage. Because here's the difference, and I know a lot of you guys are going to think, well, but teams were able to double-team Noah Fant because they knew what the Hawkeyes were doing when they split them out wide. Here's the thing. In the NFL, you have more weapons than one. Okay? The Hawkeyes had TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant. Yes. Did they have other options to go to? Sure. Do I believe that the wide receivers that they have right now are going to do some damage next year with Brandon Smith and um, and Amir Smith-Marset? Yes. Yes. In their first full years of starting, both of them had 361 yards receiving. I believe they're going to improve mightily for their junior years. However, the NFL is much different. Teams, wherever Noah Fant goes, teams will be able to find a way to get him open. That's the way he's going to slide into the first round is if a team who loves... A tight end that can stretch the field and needs one. Okay? Needs one. We'll take him. However, I'm gonna go with the safe uh, pick and say he's going high second round. Moving on, TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson has just flew up the radar of the NFL, uh, of NFL analysts and scouts like a like a like a like a monkey. Uh, going up a tree just flew up it okay i know that was a terrible uh similar metaphor but you catch my drift tj hawkinson is so well-rounded and i said it before the season even started i said watch out for tj hawkinson there, there's just something about him he's nasty he gets after it he 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 has great hands can catch the ball in traffic He's athletic enough. In fact, I think he's actually going to blow scouts away and he's going to run a 4-5-40 similar to George Kittle. Probably a little slower, but similar. I think Noah Fant is going to run in the low 4-5s. He has to. If Noah Fant wants to be taken in the first round, it is mightily important what he runs in the pro day as well as the combine. I believe he absolutely needs to run in the four or fives, uh, because that's that's what teams are looking for. However, if teams are smart, they're going to see that Noah Fant, uh, his game speed is what really matters, and he's incredibly fast. I digress. Back to TJ Hawkinson. He is a guaranteed first rounder. There's no doubt about it. I believe uh, he may even be taken top 15. That's how solid he is. He is going to go straight to the NFL and contribute. I guarantee that whatever team he goes to, he is going to have at least 500 yards in his rookie campaign. So that does it for the the NFL. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the performances of the guys in the NFL draft. I do believe some of the uh, two more guys at least should have been invited from the Iowa Hawkeyes. But of course, you can't have more than four guys from the Hawkeyes invited. No, can't have that. Um, and I forgot about Jake Gervas. I, I do think Jake Gervas has a chance. Uh, Got to see how he does in the pro day. Moving on to the uh, Gary Dolphin thing. I don't care much to talk about this, but I have to because it's an Iowa thing. All I'm going to say is this. I already said it on my Facebook show. Whether it was Iowa Athletics or a few individuals, Gary Dolphin absolutely gave a compliment to the Maryland player. It was in no way, shape, or form race-related. It was literally comparing King Kong being a beast among boys to the guy from Maryland who's being a beast among boys. What made it racial was the racial individual who said, who attached a racial thing to something that wasn't racial at all. To me, that is is a much bigger problem than what Gary Dolphin said. What The bigger problem is somebody automatically thinking King Kong and associating it with it being a racial stereotype to a black individual. That is an issue. That individual or individuals who think like that, who automatically attach that type of thing to something that was not like that, is more racist than Gary Dolphin saying King Kong to uh in comparison to the guy who's actually absolutely playing like a beast against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Okay? That's all I'm going to say about it. Nothing more needs to be said about it. Uh you can send your complaints to my email. The Iowa Hawkeye basketball team right now is in a good position. They have a chance to uh to ha- be the winningest team since I believe 1984. Or something like that. Uh, and definitely. The most winningest team. Uh, for Fran McCaffrey. Under the Hawkeyes. And they've done it. By really beating. Who they're supposed to. Except for Ohio State. They should have won that game. But quite frankly guys. Th- those types of things happen. There's no need for concern. This team. Coming down the stretch, playing against teams who are trying just like the Hawkeyes, but to get a good seed in the tournament. But the Hawkeyes are playing against teams that aren't necessarily playing for seeding, they're playing just to get in. And so they're going to get everybody's best shot because Iowa is a quadrant one. Team and quite frankly the Hawkeyes by now with the amount of wins they have and who they've played should be a top 20 team I don't know why they're a fringe top 25 team I digress they're in a good position the Hawkeyes absolutely have a chance to pick up two great wins against uh, not only Wisconsin but Nebraska as well as picking up a couple of good wins in the Big Ten Tournament. And I believe Iowa is made. This Iowa team is made for tournaments. They, I, I, There's no doubt in my mind that they will do well in the Big Ten Tournament. Uh, comparative to other Framing Calvary teams who seem to be gassed out by the time the Big Ten Tournament arrives. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I'm not worried I can't wait for them to play Rutgers. And I hope they come out and just absolutely put a whooping on the Rutgers basketball team who thinks that it was luck that the Hawkeyes beat them. The Hawkeyes are who they are. At this, you cannot say it's lucky when the Hawkeyes have won 21 games. Okay? You're not you're not lucky when you've won 21 games. Okay. Lastly, um, the Iowa Hawkeyes have a chance. They are playing for seeds four through seven okay if they were to lose the remaining three games they could slide as far down as maybe eight but probably seven okay if they win two out of the three i think they can move up to a five seed it's going to be hard but they can iowa needs in my opinion and it doesn't really matter who it's against although it would help If it was Wisconsin, they need to win four more games to get a four seed. Now, if they want a five seed, I believe they need to beat Wisconsin and one more Quadrant One team in the Big Ten tournament to get a five seed. I believe they can get there. And last but not least, Frank McCaffrey's comments uh, towards the refs. Guys, the Gazette, the media nowadays just looks for anything at all to have some sad or or hurtful story to put in the paper listen fran mccaffrey and what he said coaches say much worse things i promise you that i played division one water polo. they say much worse things what Fran McCaffrey said what he said was not a big deal at all how it became a big deal is all on Hawk Central and the Gazette and their uh, pussy willow ears uh, that they could not uh, handle what Fran McCaffrey said Fran McCaffrey has his players backs and that's what matters players respond to that type of thing and I'm just going to say this for all the Fran McCaffrey haters Where are you at now? Because the Hawkeyes have 21 wins and are looking at a 6-5 to seed. Where are you guys now? All right, guys. That is going to conclude this podcast. Uh, We covered a lot of things. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Remember, uh, the sponsors, Speed Pro Imaging, as well as Iowa Trout Fishing Nonprofit, visit their Facebook page. Be sure to share the Facebook Live videos for Nolan, Hawkeye, Anthony. Share this podcast. It does me a lot of help. Uh, It does me a lot of good. You guys are fantastic fans, uh, not only of my show, but just the Hawkeyes in general. Uh, Remember, DBAP, don't be a pussy willow. Facts over feelings because your feelings don't matter. Have a good rest of your week and go Hawkeyes.